0: Welcome to The Crypto Podcast, you can find all our episodes on thecryptopodcast.org, are also on Bitshoot and YouTube, you'll find the links in the podcast description, I for other podcasts, the speaking podcast to help you communicate, the meditation podcast to help you chill, learn Polish if you feel like learning Polish, and the awakening to know what's going on in the world to wake you up a bit, and all can be found on RoyCon.com. Today, my guest, a fellow podcaster, please welcome Anthony Kvatsis.
1: Hey, Roy, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And I, I, we were talking before how brave you are just doing all these <laughs> podcasts So and then adding crypto as well, which I guess is getting, you know it's going to be massive in the future. But yeah, so you're preparing yourself. Exactly. And yeah, I know you're
0: a fellow podcaster with, like, I believe,
1: 70 shows, but you might let the
0: listeners know who's Anthony.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I... I'm the host and founder of the What the Finance podcast. And we don't focus on crypto. We focus on sort of all things, investing, finance, trading, you know, macroeconomics, anything. And I, I guess where that comes from, I'm a student at the moment and I'm studying finance, looking to get into the industry. And for me, it was just like, how can I talk to these, you know, amazing experts and find out more? Sometimes you're sort of on the other side of a podcast, you're listening and you're like, hmm, I'd ask that question a little bit different, or I'd say that thing, or I'd wanna wanna ask that. So that's really where it started. And from there, as you said, I've you know, released 70 episodes over about a year year and a half. And I've just really enjoyed it. And I feel that it's really added to sort of my knowledge. And I think, you know, other people have enjoyed it as well. And it's just having access to those experts. And it's so easy these days as, you know, we've just connected online and, you know, you just organize a Zoom call and you can talk to anyone all around the world. So that's what I love about it really
0: yeah and uh, i actually love the name because you don't have it written down as what there you've w- <laughs> T F finance you know yeah, well, like, WT finance, which is creative yeah. like you know at the end of the day we have to be creative in our marketing and uh yeah it's uh it's a way to do it yeah so, so small suppose, things isn't it <laughs> definitely so i suppose let's let's talk about how you got into the crypto world
1: yeah definitely so uh, i got into crypto so i'm from australia but i moved to the uk and i was just at college uh, early on and a friend introduced me to crypto and probably like a lot of people you know you hear about it for years and you hear about this you know crazy bitcoin thing that's gone up by a ridiculous amount of money or uh and I think I'd heard about it first in 2012 just from from friends at school and they were talking about it I'm like oh that sounds interesting and you know you google it and you're like wow that's way too complicated for me I wasn't really a tech guy so you just sort of just leave it and then i heard you know kept hearing about it 2016 and then in 2018, when I went to college in the UK, uh, my friend, he'd, he was really into it and he uh, bought quite a lot of Bitcoin and XRP and you know a lot, a lot of the other coins at the time. And he actually showed me how to do it because at the time you had to sort of go through Coinbase and that they only had access to about three or four tokens. And then from there, you had to transfer your money to Binance and they had a lot more access to all these other coins. So I remember he showed me how to do it and he's like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. You know, You should put some money into it. It's going to the moon. It was talking about XRP at the time, and uh, I think it was just when Bitcoin was at six thousand dollars, so it, it already had the twenty thousand dollar sort of uh, peak, it was coming down, and everyone's like, Yeah, six thousand dollars is a really good resistance, it's not going to go lower. It's held for the last few months, it's great. So, I think I, you know, I put a few hundred pounds in at the time, which was a lot for me, and the, the next day it half the value so it dropped down to three thousand. that was sort of the real low so i guess it was probably lucky the timing i got in uh but yeah it was a real lesson that wow this thing is real volatile it's not always going to go up sometimes it can go down it can go down a lot so i guess that's really where i got into you know into uh crypto and then from there it was just trying to learn you know i, I was addicted i had the bug i had to learn as much as i can about uh investing about trading and i guess that sort of led me to where i am today
0: i suppose because uh, it is confusing at the start i remember it, like i was told it was around 14 about bitcoin and uh, yeah it, i just looked at it and i think you need to have somebody sit down with you i mean i just found out that i was you know interested in it but you need somebody to go okay this is what you do you do this 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 get this wallet get this exchange go on here and then it's easy Every, it's like driving. You need somebody to teach you how to drive. And I, I believe it's the same thing. Or it's very hard for somebody to just go online and learn how to do it without making the mistakes.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, especially when it's money involved, like, you know, you've got these crazy long addresses that you've never seen before in your life, unless you're maybe a coder. And then you've got to send it to another uh, exchange, which is like, why am I doing this? Is this legitimate? What's happening? And I guess, you know, probably today it's, it's gotten easier because there's, you know, Coinbase is a lot, it's got a lot more range. You can almost probably survive off Coinbase and they've got Coinbase Pro as well. Or there's all these other applications coming through, uh, you know, in the US as Robinhood and, and other applications where you can actually, you don't really have to use any of those back end blockchain things. You can actually just use it on the on the front end of these systems. So I guess for anyone who wants to get involved in crypto, it's quite easy just for maybe for the appreciation value of it. But I guess, you know, if you want to develop or if you want to get more into the nitty gritty of it, then as you said, you still got to someone's almost got to show you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, wallets, then, like the cold wallet. What one do you actually recommend?
1: So I don't actually have a cold wallet. So I'm uh, at the moment, uh, which is probably not a good idea. But I have been thinking, like philosophically. You've seen what's happened, I guess. And this might be on a bit of a tangent, but you've seen what's happened. You know, obviously the Russia Ukraine crisis has been been horrible. But you know how they've just frozen a lot of the Russian exchange, uh, sort of, sort of the Russian money that it's around the world. We saw it in Canada as well with the truckers' riots, where they actually were freezing people's bank accounts. So for me, it's almost like, hang on, you know, while it's been done for good purposes at the moment, and it should have been done how could this affect each person in the future? Like, could there be a point where, you know, I guess guess this might be a bit crazy, but where if you disagree with, you know, something that happened to the government or you disagree with some purpose, they can actually block your bank account and they can basically control everything that you do. So that's where I've been thinking about, okay, you know, a cold wallet as a part of my portfolio would be actually really vital just in case, you know, if that were to happen for whatever reason, it's almost mitigating that risk. Uh, so, but I know obviously Ledger's quite quite popular and all, all those ones. But yeah, at the moment I just use a, a warm wallet. I'm taking the risk.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, because uh, like, though, is it Mount Mount Gov was the one years ago? Gox, yeah. I was at, at Gox t- thousand and nine. So basically, yeah, somebody had hacked into that. So that's just the uh, the risk, you know, by not using. You know the the coal wallet, and I like kind of if you're familiar with Agenda 2030 and everything, I I this is all orchestrated, and I think they're going to you know you know they want you to own nothing and be happy and i'm convinced they're going to take all your money they've already done it in cyprus and uh you know because you mentioned you know yeah. you g- g- greek g- greek uh, if in the family so like you probably are aware of that but most people wouldn't but they basically just took money out of their accounts and yeah and that was part of the eu which is kind of okay
1: yeah, that was really interesting. So, you know, I guess most people in the Western world have probably heard of bailout, where, yeah, you know, the government's actually giving, you know, people or uh, companies money. But they've never heard of what happened in Cyprus, which is the bail in, where they actually took money out of people's bank accounts. And I guess maybe the reason they could get away with that is a lot of the money that was invested in Cyprus was, you know, potentially dodgy from Russia or Russian oligarchs and other things as well. They might not have had the, the sort of legal system there. So I guess the fact that they, they took the money because they knew that people wouldn't legally challenge them or or the majority of people wouldn't legally challenge them because it was maybe from dodgy places as well. But as you said there, you know, they literally have the control if they wanted to, to take people's money. So they they
0: have brought in uh, legislation in a few countries it was similar like there's some weird stuff going on at the moment and normally it's hidden it's under the carpet they'll have you know they'll have some propaganda going on that everybody's looking this way while they're you know creating this on the opposite side and so it's probably in most countries where they can do that so just you know kind of buyer beware like they tell you you have like the insurance of i, I think it's something like a hundred thousand in in your account so if you've got 10 million and the bank goes belly up or whatever it's like yeah you're only going to get a hundred thousand and to be honest i'd say good luck with getting that because at the end of the day who are you going to go after like you know i you know i think it's just kind of to give people the confidence that they leave their money in there but i personally believe you'll never actually see a penny of it if something like that ever does happen
1: yeah definitely and i think it's um you know we don't want to be conspiracy Conspiracy theories here. We're not saying it's going to happen, but it's just being aware of like what are the risks that's going to happen in the future. I think, and that's really important. As you know, we've seen it happen, and it's like okay, this is a risk. Even if I just put maybe ten percent of my crypto portfolio or ten percent of my normal portfolio into a you know cold wallet, you still have it, you know it, it's not as if you lose anything from it from doing that. But you're just protecting yourself potentially from the risk. And you know we've seen recently. You know, if you were a, a normal citizen in Russia, you've been destroyed from the from the actions of your government in invading ukraine so if you had that you know cold wallet then that's that's great for you because that means that you can actually take some of your net worth and some of your you know your hard earned cash if you wanted to move out of russia and we saw that i guess during the you know this is going back in history but during the russian civil war in like the 1900s like a lot of the wealthy people they they had diamonds or they had jewelry and that's really the only value that they could actually take out they had to almost hide it when they were fleeing the country so you know it's scary things to think about but we've just seen what's you know what's happened in russia where the government literally stops you from transferring any money any international you know any foreign currencies. so it's something i'd say you know just be aware of i, I think and, and sorry we've, we've gone completely off i yeah, no, <laughs> think it's, 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 it's
0: all relevant because even if you're traveling you know like they tell you i think it's all over the world but within the eu definitely it's like something like ten 000 euro is the max that you can be carrying i mean like all the governments and all the banks they're all doing the corruption for billions but yeah yeah it's 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 we we're, we're the bad guys so but basically you could actually bring your little wallet with you and you could have literally 10 million and that's they don't no wave of knowing
1: yeah exactly and i think that's the as you said, it's just so easy to do. It's like it, you know, I've heard people say, you know if you had to leave your house in five minutes for whatever reason and never return, you know having a USB stick would be it'd be the easiest way to actually carry your value exactly exactly
0: so i know you're into nfts now as well and to be honest it's something based on having a few guests on that i'm actually going down that road as well because i find it a very interesting subject and it's kind of it's weird I'm, i'm looking at some shaking my head on you know trying to understand the value of it and others going okay this makes sense so i suppose what's your nft journey
1: yeah. So I actually just got involved in it last year, probably similar to others, you know, you hear about the hype and you're like, you know, I was already involved in crypto and I'm like, hmm. You know what is this? How, how can I learn more about it? How can I research it? And yeah, no, I actually went straight into the Solana chain. So, for anyone who doesn't know, there's uh, NFTs are based. You know, they're based on the different chains. So, and they're based on the ones with smart contracts. So, obviously, there's Ethereum, which is the largest uh, market cap NFT sort of marketplace, which is normally OpenSea. uh So that's the most popular, and that's where you know probably the ones you've heard of, like the Board ape the Club, the CryptoPunks, all that stuff. But one of the issues that I find with Ethereum is it has quite high they call them gas fees. So it's quite high transactions. So especially if you don't have that much money uh, <laughs> that you want to invest because you know they're highly speculative, you might not want to put thousands of dollars in. If you were to make a transaction, it can sometimes be 50 to 100 US dollars just for one transaction, which is <laughs> for me, it was a bit ridiculous. Yes, so yeah, yeah which, is, which is for a lot of people, it's a high barrier to entry. So I went to the Solana blockchain, uh, which is it has a lot lower transaction fees. And it was quite new when I sort of entered in the NFT space. I think they'd only been around for about a month. Uh, So yeah, that was something that, you know, it it was just learning about it, getting into the ecosystems, finding out, and you've probably experienced this. There's there's a a lot of pump and dumps. There's a lot of rug pulls where say these founders, they, you know, they have a mint, which is where people can sort of buy the NFTs. And then from there, they might have promised all these, you know, aspirations or a roadmap that they're going to do in the future but they just don't do that. And they just sort of uh, leave. They've taken the money. They've gotten, you know, sometimes millions of dollars and then they've left. So for me, it was really trying to understand, okay, what are these, you know, what are the goods projects? What are the bad projects where they might just leave and learning from that? And I've definitely uh, learned the hard way with some of the <laughs> some of the things I'm sure most people have with, with some of the rug pulls, but that, that was really what happened for me. And then now I've been really looking at the technological side of things. And, you know, there's something called the, gartner hype cycle which might some people might have heard of and it's like a gartner's a company that's sort of a consulting company and they're looking at the the hype of different technologies and at the moment they think that NFTs is at the very peak of the hype cycle and it's just going to crash down and they call it sort of the trough of disillusionment afterwards where similar to maybe Bitcoin and crypto sort of when I started where, you know, the price crashed, everyone, all the casuals were just like, nah, you know, (laughs) we've lost all this money. We're not going to look at it. We're going to sell out. But the people who are really interested in it and the people who are actually really developing sort of, you know, the ecosystem were still there and they're developing. And they were the people who now that we've seen, you know, further uh, increase in value of crypto. They've benefited. And I think we might be sort of getting to that stage now. Obviously, it's, it's not smart to predict these things, but I think we might get into the point where maybe there's sort of, we might see a drop in value for majority, maybe not all the NFTs, but there's going to be lots of work happening in the background, lots of people developing things. And that's really where a lot of the value is going to come from.
0: I mean, I'm I'm currently working on uh, creating digital art with some fantastic artists. And I see value in that because I can have a frame on the wall with a beautiful piece of art that's actually moving. And you can change it every month if you want, because sometimes people, they have art for a certain bit of time. And I can see true value in that. Whereas, I don't know, Ape or Froggo or something (laughs) like that, that's kind of like speculation or, for me anyway. I, 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 you know, but, after kind of researching it more and looking at it it's like nike shoes or trump different cards you know there's some people are into it so why knock it you know if it's something that can sell and regarding what you mentioned that the boys think it's at the top i think it's it's at the bottom it's 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 just because there's so many people that don't even know anything about it and it's a brilliant way for an artist you know to to make proper money because most of the time they're being shafted there's so many different people that are actually you know not looking out for them and especially musicians you know like you've got spotify and all these different places you know they're not getting a fair cut of the whip whereas they can now create something and build their own community so i like i think with the nfts it's 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 going to be down to marketing it's it's really down to marketing mm-hmm. and if somebody's got already got the audience instead of actually where they just normally put it out they can guide them towards this and i don't think anybody that's in the nft world was go. no i don't like this i'm getting out it's like yeah as you mentioned you'll have a few people coming in that are like just getting in for speculation but if you get in for the true value of something i think you're in it for the long haul
1: yeah, I completely agree. And as you said, the people who've come in for a quick buck—they're the ones who are the ones who maybe have experienced the most loss. And then from there, they they leave straight away. But as you said, it's you know there is the value, especially with artists and uh, for them, the royalties are massive. And I think you know, I guess we've seen it. You talk about people with a big audience, like Gary V. Again, for Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a prime example. He's made I'm pretty sure hundreds of millions of dollars through his you know NFTs, and a lot of it hasn't come from actually selling them; it's come from the royalties. So you know, he can take 6% of every sale that happens of his NFTs after the fact, sort of after he sold them. And that's really where the value comes. And I'm thinking, you know, for for myself as well, it's like, how can you, because there has been a lot of maybe negative vibes around NFTs from the public, because a lot of them think it's, you know, very speculative and it's, you know, a waste of money. There's no value in it at all, even though we might disagree with that. So it's like, how do you incorporate NFTs maybe to your offering, Without turning away a lot of your audience who might not be interested and in they might not see the value of it, and sort of where I see from my perspective, it's almost like if you give it, if you give these NFTs away for free, and it might be to your, you know, best supporters or to uh, you know people who they might do something, they might be a part of your membership, it might be some things like that. You give them away for free, so they get a, they get value out of it and they're happy. But then you're in the long term, you're getting the value from them you know selling it on and taking profits because you're getting the royalties that's where i see a lot of the value potentially coming from where you know you're saying because as i said there's you know i watch a lot of things you know to do with gaming to do with all these other things and the general person has quite a negative connotation about nfts they think sometimes it's a scam so it's like how do you 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 know, provide the offering, which is, as we know, is a great technology, which can provide great value for people without getting that negative connotation as well. So that's maybe where I say, you know, you provide for free. And then from there, you're benefiting from the royalties because, you know, if it's 6% of sales, even if it's a, you know, they're only $1,000 at the time, you're still making $60 per sale. And then from there, you can reinvest that back into your, you know, your company or back into anything else
0: yeah and same with you know whether it's art or whatever you can have one of a hundred or one of a couple of thousand and even charge a buck. but you could end up getting a lot more for that than if just selling it normally and you know there's that and i think i i thought gary v is charging t- maybe it, it, it's varying on the different one he's doing but i heard 10 uh commission is what he's actually charging on some of that yeah. with the with the royalties and i mean i've looked at some of his stuff there's one thing it's like and i'm like I don't really get the value in some of the stuff he's doing you know maybe I have to research a bit more but I was looking at something with a B and I was like it's like a computer game I played 30 years ago (laughs) you know so I know I'm not really getting it but you know I suppose he definitely he's brilliant with marketing he's got a fantastic audience you know people love his actually you know his style so at the end of the day it doesn't matter if I look at it and go I wouldn't buy that in a million years because there's a million people that would and I think at the end of the day that's what it's about with the royalties, because there's something that I'm after uh, learning like a lot of stuff is on OpenSea, but if you change the exchange, then the person doesn't get the royalty and I think that's like that's something that has to be kind of addressed, because you know if somebody's moving to a different platform and you're thinking oh I sell. X amount to this, and I keep doing this for so long, I've got a beautiful passive income, which you know it's like multi-level marketing, but a real proper one that's actually you know you're being looked after, which for the, the creator. But I'm not sure how many people will jump based on the different uh you know not having to pay the actual royalty. But well, there's I- other exchanges are charging 15 to sell it, whereas OpenC, I think, is like two and a half percent. So they definitely they're preventing a lot from jumping based on that, but I'm not sure what your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, well, I think um, from from what I know, and I, I might be wrong, but the royalty is actually in the contracts. So it's in the smart contract of the NFT, so I think it's it's not down to OpenSea paying for it. It's actually down. No, to... I've
0: I, I've actually read that. That's oh really. I'm, I'm I yeah, and, and I double checked it with somebody else who's actually big, big in the the crypto world. So yeah. they're actually saying no, that's the way it's done, which yeah i would have thought it exactly the same thing that yeah the contract is based on this so as as soon as the sale is done it automatically you know it's not paid because if it, if it came back to the guy that's actually doing it then you've got fraudulent as well with one person why would i bother giving the percentage to the person you know so yeah. it would be automatic and that's how it should be done but no that's 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 what i read and then i double checked it gone ah, that's a bit of a shame and the other person confirmed to me like so it's, yeah,
1: uh, well, that's quite concerning. And I think the the more that happens and if, you know, people try and get around it, the more legislation that will come in and the more regulation because, you know, someone like Gary Vee, he was, I don't know if he would, but, you know, or someone else, maybe they might take it to, to legally. Because I know that there have been a few sort of NFTs that have promised these great things of like, uh, you know, almost dividends every single month. But then they've had issues with the SEC in the US where they're saying, you know, no, you can't actually promise, uh, you know, payments. Uh, in future months unless you become a security and if you become a security there's all these other regulations as well so I think that's the risk if people push it too far where they're trying to avoid these things and it's going to mean the government and regulators are going to come in harder and they're going to try and and quicker and they're going to try and you know maybe even st- um, you know impact some of this innovation that we're seeing which is quite concerning And I think regulation is important but you know you don't want it to come to- in too quickly too hard and to you know destroy the- all the innovation happening in the space.
0: And I, I see some of them have like extras that you don't know what they are. So you're buying the NFT and then there's kind of like, have you got any of them or have you, because from my understanding, if you resell, then the, is it the person that bought it has to send on this extra? Cause I don't think it's part of the actual blockchain itself. It has to be sent on. I'm not sure. Have you actually experienced any of that?
1: No, I'm not really too sure about that. Too. I, I always thought it was automatic, but that might be my
0: yeah, I know, <laughs> lack, lack just of technical right. yeah. side no, coming out. Just uh, through, through reading something on it. And that's kind of yeah. the way that they were saying. So I was thinking, OK, that's a great marketing thing because everybody, like, ooh, I'd like, you know, you notice something extra and you get excited. But does it create yeah. problems later on when it's resolved and somebody doesn't get it because they could be bad moating it? And even though it's not to do with the artist, it's the, f- the future seller, but it still could damage your reputation.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I know there's um there's been things where like they actually don't release the art. So I'm not sure if you've seen that, where you buy, you mint the NFT, and the art hasn't actually been released yet. So from there, it's almost like a reveal where, you know it depends so you don't know what rarity you have you don't know what art you have you don't know what it looks like so you know you can either if there's lots of hype behind the project you can sell it on and maybe make a small profit or you can hold it and potentially make a huge profit profit in the future but then that's also i know a friend uh it, it was like a mafia one that they had on and you know even everyone was interested in that even gary v and then they absolutely they screwed up the contract and it Basically went to zero because everyone, you know, they lost trust and faith in the project, and that's what I found. It's all about the trust and the faith, and it, a lot of marketing as well to the actual value. You know, as you as you mentioned there, you know, you look at maybe uh, Board Ape Yacht Club or uh, you know uh, something Suzuku or, or there's one of the, another one that's come through uh, Azuku, sorry, and uh, you know CryptoPunks. Does, does the art look that very, very good? Probably not, but then there's that uh, people find value and then they, you know, keep putting the price up. I've seen
0: one recently where there's ones I don't know was it called Trump, but it's Donald Trump, and it looks like kind of Beavis and Butthead graphics, so not very great graphics. And there's just different things. He's got a hat on, "Make America Great." Then he's got you know like Indiana Jones hat with a patch, and his like all different things. And the prices were I think I I don't know was it a, I, I'm sure it was ten thousand. And I think this is the second round that they've done, but the prices were like from five hundred dollars to $2,750. And loads of them were sold, and I'm like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and but if I think of the artist, because a good programmer does less than fifteen minutes work in most of the changes that you could see. So even if you say he took an hour, like the amount he's made millions on this based on that, and. I suppose it's all most of the people buying that would be buying it on speculation because you could hardly say, oh, I want to have 50 of these kind of you know crappy drones.
1: Yeah, well I think it's um and it's something that you know if you look at what happened in 2018 with the um ICO bubble initial coin offerings, uh, you know, they were massive back then, but most the majority of them failed if you look at it majority of them didn't actually pro- uh, deliver what they promised they really you know some of them were pump and dumps and just did it for the money some of them just over promised and they they were legitimate but they just couldn't deliver it and i think we're going to see the same you know it's the same for businesses i guess if you look at it you know they say for you know only 95 of startups you know maybe five percent of them are still around in five ten years and then it sort of get lowers down on the ones that are successful and become you know the ipo and become these massive tech companies so i think that's going to be the same for nfts it's going to be you know, the majority of them are going to, you know, they might not fail, but they're not going to appreciate as much as the maybe investors or speculators want, or they're not going to be able to deliver the actual uh, promises behind it. So the roadmap that they've promised, but there's, there are going to be that few where people are going to make a lot of money from them and that, you know, they're going to deliver great things. And I guess, you know, that there's a few games that we've seen that have done really well. And there's a few other things as well that we've seen that, you know, if you look at CryptoPunks, they were free in 2018, you could literally, meeting them for free just for the transaction fee and now they're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars so it's so, it's hard to know
0: So yeah i mean you could even have different stages so you release and it's just getting the community because everyone wants something for free but it's i i think there's probably others trying to copy that because i've heard of people and you, you know you can see beautiful art and everything and zero bidding on it and i've seen stupid stuff as well people putting up a picture or trying to get 200 bucks for it or something that you know
1: yeah, well, it's all about the, as we said, marketing and the and the following. And if you have a following of people who you know like your work and like what you do, it's going to be a lot easier for, for you to be able to sell them this NFT that they you know and and hopefully it's something that provides them value and that's good you know good for your brand and good for their brands as well. And I think that's what we find a lot of the especially the ones coming out now that they've got a big following either through building it through hype, through offering great things, through uh, you know building a massive Discord, or it's through their own community that they've built up over multiple years now they're trying to provide value to them
0: and with the the waitlist then what's typically included in that
1: so a lot of the times it's just uh actually minting early so for anyone who doesn't know to get an nft when it first launches you have to mint and that's just basically uh you know you're, you're interacting with this contract this smart contract on the ethereum or on the other blockchains system and then from there it you know, sometimes takes a little bit of time and then you actually get a, you know, you pay for this uh, NFT, which then is put in your wallet. So what a whitelist normally does, uh, because anyone who's actually tried to do a mint, especially if there's lots of hype, uh, it's pandemonia. You know, there's all these errors because there's so many people actually trying to mint this one product. So, so there might be ten thousand NFTs being released, but there's hundred thousand people trying to mint it. So the you know the website crashes. The you know the, the smart contract. There's so many issues with it. You can't load. It's almost like if you're trying to buy you know a ticket for a really popular event, say the Super Bowl or say you know uh, the World Cup final or something. Just things break because there's so much demand on it. Uh, and then the issue as well with Ethereum is you actually you might pay the gas fee, which you know we mentioned it could be $50 to 100 dollars but you don't, it doesn't even work. So you're just trying to mint the thing and it doesn't work. So what the whitelist does is actually provides for a certain amount of people early access to be able to mint it. So it might be, you know, 24 hours ahead. It could also provide other, you know, benefits as well. But that's normally what I've found. It's really just being able to mint it at, at an early stage. And a lot of the time that's for people who you know, they've actually helped the community early on, so they might have shared it, they might have got more people involved in the sort of in the NFT, almost build hype. And yeah, you could say it's almost like a pyramid scheme sometimes where you know the more people you get involved, then you get this benefit of actually being in the whitelist, which is uh I guess that's good marketing-wise, but then it can be sometimes uh sort of some red flags as well. So I guess if we talk about red flags and some things that I like to look out for when looking at projects, especially if they're just starting, uh, you want to make sure that. The t- there's a team, and that that you know, there's as much transparency about the team as possible. Ideally, they're actually telling you their names, or they're telling you like the pseudonyms, because a lot of the time we might see, and it's happened before, where people just get these stock pictures online, and then they put them, and they say these are the founders, and they use these random names, but they have you know no, uh, they they have no interaction with that project. So I think that's the first thing: trying to actually find. Who, who the team is, who are their founders? You know, what can you find out about them? Do they have experience of doing this in the past, or are they just some random who's trying to take advantage of of the buzz behind it all? Um, I think as well, if you know a lot of the uh, projects are through Discord, so that's where you know if you want to get into NFTs, I recommend getting Discord and a lot of the channels there. That's sort of how you interact with the team and the projects. Just make sure that you know who who's talking in the Discord. Is it just people looking to try and you know? make a quick buck, they're talking about, oh, this is going to go to the moon, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna go to a a ridiculous time. Is that what they're talking about? Or are they actually people interested in the value they're gonna provide? So is it a game where they're gonna provide this great platform in the future where you can almost you know play to earn or something like that. So I think that's something as well looking at the audience, looking at, you know, what are their what what are their needs, what do they want out of this project? Because if they're just gonna try and sell it really quickly for a quick buck, once the price goes down, and we've seen it, people will mint a product they mint an the NFT. The price goes down after five minutes, and they panic and they try and sell to recoup as much money as they can. <laughs> so that's going to be quite detrimental for the actual value of the NFT over the long term, and you know the community as well. So I think that's another thing as well to, to watch out for. Um, and yeah, those are the main things. Really, the main focus will be the developers or the, the team and what have they done in the past, and you know how good is that. And they won't give you an exact. It won't be it mean. It's definitely going to succeed, but it's going to give you a great, much greater chance of that they will succeed.
0: We the did discard then, because what I've noticed. I mean, I use Discord and I'm in a few different groups. But it's like, no, I, I, everything I do, I use my name because I believe in full transparency. And but I don't see anybody with their name. They've all got code names and everything. And it's like, <laughs> can you actually by going into that, hitting the links and stuff like that, can you figure out who somebody is and kind of realize that? You know they've they haven't got 500 different kind of uh usernames and they are you know spamming people or trying to you know do some fraudulent activities
1: yeah so it is quite hard a lot of the times they might have a Twitter Twitter is sort of so if you get getting into nfts to start with discord and Twitter are really the two platforms where it's most popular and that's something you know I'd never used Twitter before until I got into <laughs> nfts and then you go there and it's where a lot of the uh you know I guess a lot of the things are promoted, and then from there they try and get you on the Discord platform. So that'll be one important thing. Just seeing if they have a Twitter, you know, and, and then from there you can actually look if the you know they have this amount of followers, how much interaction do they have? If they have like a hundred thousand followers or ten thousand followers and no one's liking into the stuff, they've just started posting, okay, it's gonna look, you know, fraudulent. But yeah,
0: because you can buy users, just for those that don't know.
1: Yeah. with TikTok,
0: with every single social media, you can buy users, So you can have a hundred thousand. 000- and that's how I do it. Actually, even with guests and stuff like that, I go through it, and you can actually see the the interaction. Sometimes you see somebody they have only three hundred followers, and they will have way more interaction than you know somebody with a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Like. You know, as you said, we see it with guests and I'm the same. You see these people that got hundred thousand followers, but they might get five or six or seven likes and you're like, "Mm, yeah, they're they're dodgy. And I think that's the thing. It's like looking for all these small things and it it does take time. It's nothing that, you know, I can't tell you all the things to watch out for because there's so many of them, but I, I think that's the main thing I'd look at. Go to Twitter, see what they have, go to their website as well. Uh, and another thing is like, see who's interested in it, see who's involved, because there's quite a few names in the space who, you know, are quite reputable and they've been around for a while. You know, in Solana, there's this guy called Soul Big Brain. <laughs> so and he's quite uh, on, NF, on NFTs on Twitter and he's quite well known. He's been involved in quite a few good sort of, you know, uh, NFT launches, but not just that, just sort of you know, looking it in, into it and doing the due diligence as well. So I, I think that'll be the main thing. Find those people who, you know, have a lot of knowledge and they've been involved in the space for at least, you know, at least a year, I'd say, because if you look at NFTs, you know, they've been around for two years by now. So or longer than that, about seven years, but really the most popular part of it has been the last two years.
0: Excellent. And you, like you, you mentioned, uh, like Solana and it, the, the gas fees with Ethereum, uh, like which, Ethereum 2.0 that's coming out. I'm not sure when we've been here in a while, but like, should that then, in theory, kind of make it a, a level playing field? Because I see that Ethereum seems to be the bigger one, but at the end of the day, not everyone, it's okay when you're investing in you know, a big box, you know, in the thousands, but most people, you know, even a hundred bucks might be a lot of money, you know, if they're a student or whatever, and they don't want to be paying high gas fees. So, I it will. 2.0 be the, the solution?
1: Hopefully. And I think it's uh, it's something that's been talked about for a while, as you said, like that it was meant to be implemented, I think last year, like last September or something. And it just hasn't. And I think that's the issue, like these systems are so complex and, you know, they have, they're, they're all going about it different ways. Like Ethereum's going about it sort of similar to normal developers where you're just like MVPs and you, you're reiterating, you're reiterating, you're trying to improve the system. Whereas something like Cardano is like, they've gone about it the complete opposite. Even though you know uh, Vitaly and and Charles, they started actually on Ethereum at the same time. Whereas Cadano, they're doing it. They're trying to do all this research. They're trying to do all the academic research, and then from there implement it. So they all have their different ways of doing it. And I think the issue with Ethereum is they've they have promised this for so long, and it's meant to be implemented for so long. And I think once they implement it, it will be great, as you said. It will. It's going to reduce the supply of Ethereum. It's going to reduce. Go from a proof of work, which is currently what Bitcoin uses as well and requires a lot of energy to approve a stake, which will then, you know, rather than using energy and rather than using computer power, you're going to use actually staking your Ethereum to then, you know, increase the stability of the system. And I think that will greatly reduce the energy costs. It will greatly reduce, you know, the fees, but when will that happen? Because they're such complex systems and trying to, you know, as we have seen, it was meant to be released at least six, seven, eight months ago, but it hasn't done yet. But it will definitely make it easier for people to access, easier for them to transact, and it will be able to reduce the barriers to entry, which is important because for a lot of people, you know, these things are so speculative and uh, for, for that, for, in their opinion. So, them putting thousands of dollars in, especially if maybe if they've got 10,000 pounds or dollars to invest they don't want to put 30 40 50% of their you know uh, net worth into that they want to maybe put you know 1% or even 5% of it at maximum and i think that's where the value of nfts will come from once the barriers are lower where people can just put that small amount in from there, you know that they're more willing to do that
0: and uh, just uh, finally with twitter elon Getting kind of, you know, taking over because unfortunately, Twitter, like a lot of the social media channels, it works on negativity. So the guys that are posting horrible stuff are actually, you know, getting put up, and something beautiful is nobody's seen. I know there's a lot of them using for, for NFTs. So basically, people start following the people that show it, so, and that's kind of different. Because and it's a positive as far as I'm concerned, rather than a lot of the gunk that's out there and people listening to just horrible things, but. It would seem to me like a good thing because he's in the crypto world.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's it's hard to know what will happen because if anyone who's been following it, he's made an offer and now the board uh, of, of Twitter who really have, before it goes to the shareholders, the board have to agree for the shareholders to be able to vote on it. And the board are really not wanting that to happen because if you look at them, they have no... They have no skin in the game they don't own any twitter shares they don't you know they have no reason to actually send it to the board because if elon musk takes over he's going to basically fire the whole board because they've haven't been very good for the shareholder they haven't helped increase revenues they haven't helped increase you know monetization or profit or really done anything at all they're just there because it's good on their resume maybe that they're on the board of twitter so i think if he comes in it will greatly benefit as you said, uh, you know, NFTs, and th- there's the thought of actually incorporating it into Web 3.0, uh, which will be quite interesting. And you know, I'm not sure how that would work, but we'll see. But I'm not too sure if we will see a takeover. Um, you know, They've implemented the poison pill tactic, which hasn't been used since Netflix in 2012. Before that, it was used in the 1980s. So basically how that works is they don't want someone to take over, because what Elon Musk is doing is going to be called a hostile takeover. Because the board don't want it to happen, but he's going to try and buy up as many shares as possible to then, you know, get fifty-one percent of the ownership and then be able to take complete control of the company. So what they, would, what the board can do is they can in, incorporate something called a poison pill, which means if Elon takes over more than fifteen percent of the company of, of ownership, that they can then the company can then sell shares to other shareholders at a massive discount. So basically, they can buy shares from half the price that other people can buy them on the open market. Which is a massive arbitrage opportunity. So you know someone could be buying Twitter shares for twenty five dollars, and then selling it on the open market for like fifty dollars, which I think is you know it's it's ridiculous. It's not in the benefit of the shareholders because a lot of them they're going to be diluted, and it's going to make it a lot harder for Elon Musk to actually be able to buy the company. So I think it's probably like a less than fifty percent chance that it's going to take over just because they're really not wanting that to happen. But I think as you said, it would add value to the NFT space. It would mean that there's more. Open this to what happens, and I think it would be a good thing. And you know, anywhere Elon's gone, he's added value to things. You know, he's made, he's made things better, people better off. So I, I think it would be better for both the shareholders and the users. But who, who knows what will happen? I'm not sure if you have an opinion on it yeah
0: i mean it just seems to be a better thing like i see that vanguard have 10 percent, and they're not a good i mean they have got shares in every single corporation that are doing terrible things in the world you know like they're in pepsi they're in coke they're in mcdonald them and a few others own basically you know the majority of the corporations and if it means them being bought out i think that will be a good thing
1: Yeah, and that's the issue. Like, um, as you said, I think 77% of the ownership of Twitter is institutions. So JP Morgan, Vanguard, BlackRock, all these companies. And they don't care, they really don't care about profitability. <laughs> like it's crazy to think, but they don't care if Twitter's making money or if it's good for the other, you know, 23% of shareholders who are retailers and they want to make money. And that's the issue. Like it should be not only what's best for, I guess, users and best for the world, it should be what's best for the shareholders as well. And they don't care. They're loving to push their, you know. Specific agenda, which I don't think is correct, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. I mean the amount of propaganda with everything going on when they control everything with the media and the whole lot, and that's why yeah. unfortunately people start believing what they hear a hundred times instead of actually doing proper research and realizing, oh I've been uh, fooled again." But such is life.
1: But I think it's almost worse as well because it's pushed people to the point where they don't believe anything. So you know, like as you said, it might have worked to start with, but now there's just so much, you know everyone's like, no, we don't believe anything the media is saying. So it's almost push people the exact opposite way. So I think, you know, you need to have trust in these institutions and these systems, because at the end, like we've seen it with CNN, which is, you know, I guess you could say it's sort of more of a left-leaning platform. They've tried to release there recently. It's like their own Netflix and it's just bombs completely. And their viewership has dropped drastically since Trump's been, you know, kicked out of office because that's, that's all they had. They had this hate message and, you know, people don't want to hear that they want to, you know, and they don't really trust them as well. So I think that's the issue. If you try and regulate speech and try and regulate things, it almost pushes people to the opposite spectrum, which isn't good. We want to, you know, even though some conversations aren't, you know, they're not pleasant and they might not, uh, you might might not make us feel good. They're important to have.
0: No, absolutely. And I think coming back then to finish up, it all comes back to the kind of, you know, the crypt blockchain, because this full traceability. So, with that, you can see everything, and even with sales of art and whatever, like, because, like, I, I was seeing recently about uh, some guys they made millions having fake wine, so they pretended it was you know, all this, uh grand reserve wine worked, in you know hundreds of thousands and people were buying it and yeah there was no way of proving it. and it was actually uh, the, the vineyard said we never released this one and that's how they got caught but they were gone the money was gone and there's a load of that going on but with actually full traceability i think that we're at, we're on the ground now at the moment same with the mfts there's a lot of scam artists and everything But they're getting caught out and they can only do so much and the people, like people are getting caught, they're getting caught in the rug pulls, they're getting caught in the different things, but by, I I believe that's how you become stronger in life, you know, you're going to get knocked, but it's a case of don't run the opposite direction, just go okay, how did that happen, how can I prevent it from happening again, and then you just kind of move on, and the good guys start sticking together, and then we just kind of, and that will just grow, and that's the way I believe it's going to work in in the crypto world.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's so many great minds in the crypto world. And as you said, there's so many genuine people as well that actually just want to try and help improve, you know, how people work, how the systems work, how, you know, institutions work. And I think that's really where the value is going to come. Those people, as you said, those people are going to come out on top. And I think Oh, I'm not too. I had a good point, but I forgot it. Sorry. It's always how it works. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no, plenty of times I would be uh, and
0: the thing, and I think of something, and then I go that th- something would be said, and you go off, and it's just you know, I you know, have to list yeah. things. But listen, look, I I know you've seventy episodes. I was listening to a few of them, so people will actually, you know, what, what's the name of the W T Finance is the podcast, anywhere. Yeah. yeah
1: so WT Finance, and if you want, you can find it on YouTube, on sort of audio platforms as well. Uh, and yeah and it, it's a little bit different so as i said it's not just crypto related i don't actually think i've had a had a uh, interview on nfts which if you can oh no, exactly it. <laughs> i was looking
0: i actually went through it looking <laughs> through it on it and i saw a lot of the different ones but there was a you've some interesting uh, uh subjects to, uh, on finance which i mean at the end of the day it is all it's all relevant you know we need yeah
1: and that. i think it's really important like for and it depends on who you are and you you know your risk tolerance but for most people nfts aren't going to be 100 percent of their portfolio because they're just too risky and it's probably not the smart thing to do. So that's where I think it's valuable to learn about other things and investments as well. Because you know, if you're fully in the ecosystem, that's okay. But if you want to maybe get value in the long term, it might be best to, you know, even only five, even five or 10%. There's something called like the Kelly criterion, which is a sort of from gambling where the less the less likely it is for something to succeed, you should put less money in it. Because if it does succeed, you're going to make exponential returns it's going to be you know 100 times plus and i think that's something as well that you know potentially for nfts people might want to think about you know for a lot of them as i said a lot of them aren't going to succeed so it might be better to put small amounts of money into it but from there when they do succeed you're going to really benefit from it and if they don't succeed it's not going to be as you know it's you're not going to feel it as much basically no
0: excellent listen I thoroughly totally enjoyed our conversations you might let people know how they can uh get in contact with you
1: yeah, thanks, Roy. I really appreciate it. So as I said, uh, you know, my podcast on YouTube and all the other platforms is WT Finance. So, you know, a bit of a wordplay there. And then if you want to find me on Twitter, it's just my name. So Anthony Fatsies, It's the benefit of having a unique name. Uh, and there's also a website as well. So it's WTFinance.online. Uh, uh, people can, you know, I release some uh, articles there and I'm looking to sort of expand that out as well, as well as TikTok and, Netflix, uh, and Instagram and all the other things as well. So I'm basically everywhere. <laughs>
0: Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll put all the links on both the audio and the video. So, listen, thank you very much, Anthony.
1: Roy, thanks again. I really appreciate it. It was a, a privilege to come on to your podcast. And, <laughs> well, you know, as you said, you've built all these other platforms. You're trying to build this one now, so appreciate it.
0: So for the Crypto
1: Podcast, you'll find all our
0: episodes on the Crypto Podcast. Rampageo and YouTube. You're sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. Subscribe.
1: It all helps. Until next week. And subscribe to Anthony's as well, because he'll appreciate that. Until next week, take care.